do this vo- voice stand on is it. garbage. It's like the, 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 the boom seventy. Yeah, this is like this thing. is literally the stolen from a Prince George Elementary School stand. <laughs> Cats and indie game audio podcast. This is the stress episode. The strep is stress the str- episode. The stress episode. Stress episode. Uh, since we forgot it last time, but you didn't know because I edited it in. You're right. I'm Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McLattery. This is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. Welcome to it. The August 2016, 2016 episode. Episode 20 something. Yeah. No more. No, we're way more. Yeah. I remember. Whatever. We're the um, you think we could look up what episode number it's before we start? It's gotta be almost 30. So, end of August. PAX is coming. Yep. Stressed. Stressed. Well, we... Almost didn't think we were going to get this recorded for August because we, yeah, both, we, we both got so much stuff going on. We were discussing Skyping in this episode. <laughs> in the same town. Despite living in the same city. The, the first time we were ever not going to do it in person. Because we, we were like, both like, no. Can't I can't afford, drive across town. That, can't afford the transportation. That, that half an hour is, I can't do it. Yeah. No, I don't have that. <laughs> um, but we're here. We're in your new place. We're in my new place. That's why it's echoey. I not have to get not my... yet studio-fied, but... Yeah. Well, and I am going to be, I am kind of going back on my statement of saying I was going to build a room within the room. I oh, obviously yeah. haven't done that. Yes. I'm going to try to just do it without it and see mm-hmm. if anyone complains, right. basically. I'm going to build a booth. Now that I'm more acquainted with the space yeah, and I yeah. think it's like big enough, I think I can build a booth by the window and put a window mm-hmm. in the booth. So do a proper booth. Really, proper booth. That's where all the loud stuff can happen. Yeah. And then I think I'll just have to learn how to mix a little quieter. Yeah. You know, on monitors or or um, get a little better headphone mixing. Yep, you can do it. Get real expensive ones. Yeah, it can I be do done. It. I do it on not even expensive ones. Yeah, I'm like anyone who you says just have it to can't know be them done. Real well. Just like I recently moved from the AKG 141s, which I've used for years. Right. They are not the best headphones, but I'm like I've used them for years, so I'm like lit like ten years or something. I've been on those headphones. So mm-hmm. I'm super comfortable with them. I really know them. Yeah. And I recently moved to the 240s. Mostly, well, purely for the comfort. The 240s right. are over ear and the 141s are on ear. Okay. So I was just like, hey, somebody else at the office got them. And I'm like, oh, you know, working all day on headphones, it would be nice if it was a little more comfort. So I switched, but I've been really nervous about how is this going to translate? Because I know when I first did my listening tests, when I bought the 141s, I compared the 240s and was like, yeah, they sound different. And I liked the 141s better right. for what I, what I was doing. So... I'm interested. So far, it's working good, but I still have a little little leery of them because I haven't been wearing them for 10 years. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, so I, may, I may need to upgrade at some point, I yeah. guess. Because um, I, I know, I'm using the M50s, mm-hmm. and they're f- fine. I was considering getting an M50s. When I was, as far what? as like bang for your buck, I think they're yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Um, but then I've been using uh, Caitlin's. We got her nice consumer phones the PSB, uh-huh. a Canadian brand. Cool. And they do active active cancellation. Yeah. Because when she's working in shops with like hood fans all day, yeah, yeah, yeah. it like gives her a huge headache. So yeah. we were like, let's get you some really nice phones. Like mm-hmm. as far as like the price, they're way more than my <laughs> work headphones. Yeah. Um, and they, But they sound great. Cool. However, they're not work headphones. So yeah. They're not designed to have like flat response or anything. Yeah. Uh, but it still did, like did some mixing on them and 
Yeah, yeah. It seems to work out okay. Not serious mixing. Cool. Uh, I've done I've done some also not serious. Well, no, no. Actually, I would say I've done some serious mixing on Astros as well. The A40s, the gamer headphones. Oh, really? Because yeah, I wanted okay. to be like, what are what people are they who buy gamer yeah, headphones? Yeah, yeah. What are they like? That's a very comparable thing that people are going to play my games on. So mm-hmm. I've totally mixed on those. Super comfortable. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the gaming headphones are really, really light. Yeah. Which I like. I've got a few pairs here that I just picked up for uh, ADR sessions and stuff just mm-hmm. for clients to wear. And they're like really comfortable. Yeah. And they sound pretty good. Yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. So, okay. I asked for questions because this was totally like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. We were, we were like, how are we even going to make time to do this? Let alone come up with a topic. Let alone come up and, with a topic. Uh, and man, everybody came through. Yeah. We had lots of great We got stuff. such good suggestions on Twitter. Um, so when I was reading through everything, we'll get mm-hmm. to, we'll get to all the questions and some of the topic yeah, ideas yeah. people had and stuff. Uh, but I sort of wrote down two things cause I had two kind of ideas percolate from going through all that stuff. You didn't see the hand percolation sound. There was, yeah. there was some hand <laughs> action that went with that. <laughs> two things I wrote down. One was not many things we do have one answer for them. I noticed a lot of questions we get this time and other times too. Everyone always wants to know like, what, how do you do? this how do you how what's the way you do x and comparative to post and music i think we have a lot more ways to do correctly the same thing yes whereas post you can get much more and music too um you can get much more focused on this is the process this is how i mix a song Mm -hmm. right like you know i always sidechain the bass from the kick or you know like you've got these formulas that are what you can do all the time mm-hmm. and in post you're like okay i set up the session this way here's my bgs here's my thing like yeah. you know and these are the this is the noise reduction that goes on each of these different things and here's my room t- tone and dialogue and they're like you set it up the same way every time because when it comes time to mix your movie your tv show your song you want that speed of you've got it set up the same way every time yeah totally I think way more of the things we do have like five, six, seven different ways to do something. Yeah, I think so. And they're all, none of them are wrong. No. And it's going to change situation by game by game. What's the right one to do on any given situation. Yeah. So as much as we throw out these answers of like, we answer all these questions, we answer everything comes in and say, this is how I do it. Yes. I think the point I'm trying to get. And that's often why it's like Matt answers and I answer. Yeah. Um, so I think at the point and if, tried- and if people do are like this is the way you do it with indie sound design, I'd be leery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess I guess the kind of point I'm trying to get at is while we say this is the way we do it, these are these are our definitive answers. Yes. Get other opinions on stuff. We are going to be not- other ways to do stuff that are just as valid and. Potentially better. Yeah. Frankly, we just do a podcast and we're not authorities. (laughs) Nobody gave us the permission to be authorities on sound design ever. Um, And I like one of the things I like about going to GDC, Mm -hmm. seeing all these talks of how people have done their game X, Y, and Z, Mm -hmm. and then taking these ideas that I see that how they're doing something and go, oh, okay, they're doing this cool thing. Well, I'm doing this thing in my game that's not exactly like that. It's actually it's actually very different. Yeah. But I can take this kernel of an idea that they've got from what they're doing and shift it and form it, and now I can make it something that works for my game. Yeah. So it's not going, oh, they did a 
you know, kill zone. When the gun shoots, they rattle the stuff in in the room so that the gunshots sound bigger. Okay, whenever I do gunshots, I'm going to rattle everything in the room. And it's like, well, no, I but I can take that kind of idea of loud sounds rattling stuff and apply it to other things in other games and that aren't gunshots. Yeah, 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 yeah. like okay, that's like loud things rattling stuff is a cool idea. Okay, so uh, I've got you know a game where you know you jump and you land on something. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm going to use that sort of idea to rattle the stuff as well as have a landing footstep. Totally. So it's 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 always good to take everybody's ideas. Mm-hmm. Just like you never know where you're going to get some inspiration for it. it's going to work for what you're doing. It's like if you can hear the banging going on behind us. Caitlin's <laughs> installing flooring. Yeah. That's what we were doing all day. Flooring is the Wild West too, man. <laughs> There's no right answers. Yeah. I thought for sure that would be this an area where it, mm-hmm. people would be like, this is how you do it. Yeah. But no, not at all. It's, it's so annoying. Half the stores are like, you do not need underlay. Yeah. Strata is like, no, you need underlay. And and the stores are like, okay, well, we can tell you which underlay we would use, but we don't think you need under, underlay. And I'm like, I have to use underlay. Yeah. Nobody has an answer. Some underlay will void your warranty. Oh, jeez. So I just called the manufacturer and I was like, what, what should I use? And they're like, use the stuff we make, obviously, Yeah, from the flooring manufacturer. So that's what we're doing. It's not the right answer. It's an answer. And that's all I need. Yeah. But it's, it's not as fun as sound design. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the other thing I wrote down while looking through perusing questions and mm-hmm. think about the questions that we asked, been asked previously, too. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like we get too caught up in the process and we shouldn't get yep. so caught up in the process of how we do stuff because all that matters is what the game sounds like in the end. Yeah. Like does it I, in the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you got what you got. Yes. But if it's a cool gunshot in a game, it's a cool gunshot in the, in your game. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I've been encountering a lot more since I've been doing like way more just supervisory stuff now. Yeah that I've got M working for me, and now I've been working with Chris mm-hmm. and Joey. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all kind of just doing full-time almost now. Yeah. And I'm not doing that much sound design. I finally did some because we're doing the <laughs> PAX rush, and I was like, all oh, right, doing sound design again. This yeah. is cool. Um, and it's totally, like, I know there are some studios that, like, these are the tools you need to use because yeah. the sessions need to be transferable. Mm-hmm. Um and but it's so much easier for me to just be like, I don't care how you make yeah. things. Deliver me sounds. Just do it. Make it work. Yeah. Um, and having people that you trust helping you out mm-hmm. that you know they're just gonna do it well, make it the right way and implement it the right way. And it might not be the way I do it, but does it matter to me? Yeah. Because I'm probably it's probably for the best that I don't go poking around in the session anyways. Yeah. You know? Because we get a lot of questions about like, well, how do you do this? And how does it's just like specifically. Yeah. yeah very specifics. It's all head loop tail, man. That's all I do. <laughs> Everything. I, I'm just I can do I can do anything with a head loop and a tail. Yep. That I'm obsessed with that, especially within VR. Yeah. When everything is dynamic physics. Mm-hmm. Basically, like all our VR sound is blend containers. For one shots, yep, of multiple of like many many velocities, and blend containers of looping sounds of different velocities as well, hmm. and that's like VR sound. Yeah, I've been. We're doing a game. Uh, the trailer is gonna. 
come out on Monday. Sweet. So that, that the podcast will come out on Monday. All right. So well time. That's exciting. Um, it, but it's it's a first person jumping game. Yeah. Um, and I've been really trying to like get away from physics sounds because I've always I always hear problems with physics sounds. Mm-hmm. Like like oh the physics run the sounds and then you get that yeah like, yeah fuck what getting that getting that threshold is really tricky. so I've been I've been thinking a lot. We're st- I'm still in the sort of like planning how i'm going to do stuff stage like putting stuff in a lot of it is still like well okay Mm -hmm. let's design the system for this um so i'm thinking a lot of well how do i fake that i don't want to do physics physics sounds i want it to sound like that but how can i sort of fake that sort of system so that sort of to do a little bit lower fidelity so that it's a little bit less overhead that the audio is is pushing Mm -hmm. but still get that feel of of that Right. I don't have any answers yet yeah. on how to do that. That's a tough question. But that's the sort of what I'm like. One of the things I'm experimenting with that game is like, how do I, how do I lower the amount of stuff we're firing off, but at the same time raise the fidelity of the sound feedback? Yeah, because my answer was to just like completely raise the asset count. Yeah, it's like in order to get the fidelity back and the variation back, it's just like massive. Yeah, massive variation counts. So it's interesting. It's an interesting challenge to see where that's going to go. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Okay. So is there anything you wanted to talk about before we reach out to the Twitter? Um, no, just the flooring. Just the flooring. <laughs> the wild west of flooring. The wild west of flooring where there are no right answers and you just need to embrace it and get to work. That's Just replace that's flooring and sound design, sound design at the beginning. Just... Just embrace the Wild West and get to yeah, work. Whatever it takes to get it done. All right. First question. This was a big one. This was a good one. I think this is one of the ones you liked. Okay. Uh, Steven, simply Steve on Twitter, um, said, how do you manage communications with other departments, specifically iteration on changes in VFX, animation, etc.? Yeah. And I this, know we've talked about some of this before, but well, it's totally yeah, a good thing yeah, to talk I about. I know we're all aware of uh, the Martinson get your face in everyone's face <laughs> technique. Yes. <laughs> I think the the most famous uh, Martinson's face in everyone's face was uh, there was a period of Don't Starve where uh, I put post-it notes on the animators' monitors, mm-hmm. talk to Matt. Yeah, yeah. So that was like, literally, there's a post-it note in their face, yeah. like reminding them if they change something, oh, mm-hmm. you should, mm-hmm. should talk to Matt. Um, that's, that's one way. Just get in everybody's face. Yeah. Uh, another way is Slack. Just being on well, the channels. Being that, on the animation channel. That goes to the, what, if your company uses Slack. Yes. Whatever, whatever. Which they should. Hopefully your team uses some form of team communication. Yeah. Um, Slack is a great one. There is other ones. Don't think that this is the only one. I know that other, um, Team communication chat programs are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, they work in similar ways. Mm-hmm. So one of the great things, if I have this at, at Clay, we use Slack, um, you can have keyword notifications. Ah, yeah, yeah right, right, right. So right. I have, I'm on a whole bunch of teams because we're working on a whole bunch of games. Yeah. Um, and that's a, like very hard to keep track of. Very much like being a freelancer and being on yeah, a bunch of projects. I'm on 14 teams, I think, right now. Right. I have to set up some freaking keywords. Well, they all have audio channels, but that doesn't mean I'm monitoring things like animation. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have audio and sound as Mm -hmm. keywords 
So if anyone, lots of times it's a false ding. Because right. they're just like, hey, I think something sounds like blah, blah. And you're like, that's not actually a bad yeah. sound for the game. Yeah. Like, sounds oh, like I, a I, case of the Mondays. I think this sounds good. We'll do that. Yeah. But having those allow me to quickly check on a channel and see if they're specifically talking about audio yeah. or, or sound. So in the case of animation, say there was an animation dedicated channel. Yeah. Uh, I might put a keyword of change. Frames. Something, anything yeah. you can think of that generally, like, you know, a revision. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, I, re- I revised that animation. So. There are shorter stuff like that. Yeah. Timing oriented. So getting up, if you're using Slack or something that has similar, works similarly, mm-hmm. having keyword notifications. Somebody pointed out one time, they were like, after I'd popped in, they're like, hey, do you, do you have a keyword for sound or something because you just always show up when we start talking about stuff and i'm like yes i do <laughs> i i mean i'm also renowned within the office for having a keen ear for anyone who says in the office starts talking about sound i'm like somehow i don't even know how i do it i hear them <laughs> and i'm like immediately like all right i'm in the conversation sign up <laughs> so however your team is communicating yeah find ways into that communication that you can automate what you need to know about. Yeah. So that's that's kind of my tip yeah. on, the, on the keywords. Um, I And this feeds into one of the other questions. Because mm-hmm. they were, I, I tend to, and I know you do it too. Yep. I try to future-proof my assets as much as possible. Yeah. I'm doing that more and more. And this is back into the head loop tail thing. Right. Like break your sounds up so that if they decide to change. Yeah. The timing of the animation. And this is something we just had to do by default with Parkitect. And mm-hmm. that kind of taught me how useful it is. Yeah. Um, because Parkitect has three speeds. Yeah. You can speed the game up and slow the game down. So it's like, oh, so we need to, I'm almost, I'm starting to thinking of it, think of it as like vowels and consonants almost. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, the sound has a beginning that was probably a transient one shot thing. And then it'll have a loop and then it might have another Transient, there's like sounds are kind of a mixture of transients and non transients. Yeah. So if you can break those up, then the the timing can be staggered. And it's harder when timing is longer if it's a non looping thing. Mm -hmm. But if you stick to head loop tail or head loop, head loop, head tail, yeah, whatever, you can change the timing to whatever you want. It's always going to be okay. Yeah. Um, On one of our other games, Auction Not Included. Yeah. Um, that we're going to be showing off for the very first time at PAX. Yeah, it's exciting. Come by the clay booth. Yeah. Uh, we went with, there's hardly any loops. It's almost all one shots. Right. But as the animation loops, it fires off the one shots over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. So, so they, if you they, wanted, you could throw loops in between those one shots if required. Well, we we put up enough, like we broke stuff out into enough one shots that that forms a loop of sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That every time it triggers, yep. it's just not a loop. So it's the same situation as Parkitect, where the game has different speeds. Right. So broke stuff up into lots of one shots for for a an anim, a loop of, yeah. of the animation, uh, and then we do a certain amount of pitching as the speed goes up and down. But we can also just drop sounds at higher speeds. So when like the, the low speed, uh, you idea. play everything. Yeah. At the high speed, there's sort of some like color stuff. That because the whole animation is sped up, mm-hmm. you don't need to hear anymore because it would just be a jumble. So we just drop those sounds. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay. So 
it's the same as you're talking about. It's like future proofing it so that like this can work at any speed. You can yeah. change the timing of the animation. We just need to move some stuff around. Not, oh, I need to redo the sound entirely for that that item. For that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I like we've got games where we didn't do that for, and <laughs> it's gonna prove to be very problematic. Yeah. Um where if we like it's like do list it's a browser base, so we didn't have access to middleware and we weren't like sophisticated enough to be building our own tools or anything. Yeah. Um so when they change an animation, and I yeah. I know I've got like a hundred and fifty or two hundred assets that are gonna have to be changed at some point because yeah. a lot of them have been changed and they just keep adding things. Um, we're gonna just have to yeah. dig into the sessions and reprint everything. Oh. Whereas if you future proofed it, yeah. you're just like, no, when he hits the when the weapon hits the ground, it plays just the weapon hits the ground sound. Yeah. And change the animation all you want. Just yeah. make sure my trigger's in the right spot. So I think to sort of wrap up one game of your communications systems yeah so that they benefit you the most whether you use slack or something else or email or whatever you know figure out ways to game that system so that you get automated responses to get in people's faces yeah make it so that they can't forget about you make it like be annoying level like you got to talk to me. You got to talk to me. You got to talk to me. You tell me yeah. if you change anything. And then design your sounds. And then future proof yourself. Yeah. Where if, if you do miss something, yeah, it's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah. The more you can make it so that you have less to do when changes happen, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. So there we go. All right. Uh, I think you burned through this one with an answer. Yeah. I think um, that because um, there were different ways of developing a consistent audio style for a game. Make a palette. Make a palette using your VSTs and your sample libraries and whatever it may be. Put it in a giant pool of your palette. Your, your physical recording props. Stick with it. Yeah. Just always pull from your palette. Yeah. It's so. a good way Good way of like exercising your own creativity, working within boundaries. Um, and the end result is a sense of cohesion. Yeah. And I like, I actually like, you know, I don't, I don't even have the biggest sample library of mm-hmm. people. I by a far stretch. Yeah. Um, but it's still big enough to be daunting. Yes. Um, and sort of like pulling all, a bunch of stuff from that and putting it in a spot and going, okay, this is all I'm going to use in a way that limitation frees up my creativity because mm-hmm. I'm spending more time creating with the, the palette of stuff and less searching for what I might think is the perfect thing. Um, and now we're going to Alex Barnhart. Uh, what differences would you like to see in a reel if you are trying to get hired for an indie project versus AAA? I have been reviewing reels, so this is I've been reviewing topical. a ton of reels. Oh yeah, with the real talk, real Power. talk with Kevin on the on the Did Kevin we, Regame. We talked about that last time, right? We I don't plugged know. it. Sure, sure, we did. Every Thursday, every Thursday, every second Thursday. Mm. It's come down every Thursday, every Thursday for about the first hour of. The power up dev stream. So that that's Kevin 4 does. p.m. PST. Yeah, 4 p.m. PST on Thursdays. Uh, we go through real talk, and we're, we were real to we review two reels and websites, sort of the whole package mm-hmm. of two people, and we go through it. And, and Kevin's on camera, and I'm in the chat. I do lots of chatting. Yeah. <laughs> so I know I look for. I'm, I've been looking for kind of jack of all trades. Yeah. 
and I feel like probably indie companies are looking for jack of all trades. Yeah. Um, because I need people that can do everything that I can't do. Yeah. Basically, except for music. Um, where so, and that's if you're looking to get hired by an indie studio, which is yeah. extremely rare. Yeah. There's like probably five of us. I don't know how many indie audio studios there are, but there are not a lot. Right. Um, I, th- I think the assumption is more indie game studio. Yeah. Like indie, as a freelancer getting hired indie by game. indie okay, game studio. So we're recutting our reel right now. Yep. And M- M's doing it because M's actually does video stuff too. Jack yeah. of all trades. It's nice. See what I'm talking about? Um, and I was, so her first cut was like a really good sound design reel because it had all these great sound moments in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was almost like, M, so we're like, we want to appeal to developers. Mm-hmm. We want to show them our good sounds, but we also want to show them like our breadth of experience mm-hmm. and we want to do some name dropping. Basically, yeah. we want to be like, these are the games that we have touched. Maybe you recognize a few of them because for, to be hired by some indie devs, sometimes that's all they want to know Yeah, is like, can't, have you worked on projects that I've heard of? Yeah. And did I and like the, the sounds of those projects? And the faith comes from like, well, if you shipped those products, exactly, you obviously know what you're doing. I liked the sound of that game, and you shipped yeah. it, so okay, good. Yeah. Um, it kind of comes back to I guess there's sort of three things that you are potentially appealing to. Mm-hmm. Really, are like, are you appealing to a AAA studio? Yeah. Are you appealing to another indie audio person? Yeah. Or are you appealing to an indie dev to get hired directly from? Yeah. And you're kind of going to want slightly different things for all of those. Yeah, totally. Um, I think the AAA one is probably the most focused on what is the particular job you are getting hired for. Yeah. And show that in your reel. Yeah, it needs to be like surgically pounded home. If I if I was hiring for a AAA, I mean, this is too, this is... Uh, our opinions were neither of us are AAA people. So, no, we are not. But we know uh, people. Um, if I was hiring for a very dedicated position like a AAA studio of like, I'm getting a dialogue guy. Mm-hmm. And I got a reel that was like, I'm a great composer. This is all music. I'd be like, I'm not I'm not hiring this person. Yeah. I'm probably not going to look further because, well, you've shown me nothing about dialogue in your reel. So look at what the particular AAA job is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, laser focus on it. And... If you're trying to get a job with a particular indie de- developer, yep. you may want to recut your reel to focus on that style of game. Yeah. So we've kind of decided, like, as a company, mm-hmm. we want to work on games that have a certain aesthetic and a certain feel. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're You're making a reel that appeals to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, there are a lot of sound design reels that are kind of very, very heavy on the sci-fi, mm-hmm. blorpy, like, tech stuff yeah which sounds awesome but it's also getting a bit saturated yeah and so when i when i'm reviewing reels and stuff i I, that's that's not the kind of game we're gonna we're trying to work uh, on so we've talked about this on real talk me and kevin a bunch um there becomes this if you're too focused on one area Mm -hmm. sci-fi first person shooter whatever it is uh you end up for at least me and kevin to some extent he said the same that we start to think that that's all you can do. Yeah. We pigeonhole you. Okay, that's a that's a sci-fi guy. Yeah. Uh, that's a first-person gun guy. Mm-hmm. 
And if there's nothing in your reel showing anything other that, and I'm like, oh, I'm doing a quirky casual platformer, and you showed me this super dense military shooter reel. Yeah, I don't know if you can do it. Oh, what I need awesome. To do. It sounds awesome. You do military shooters like crazy good. I love that. But I have no idea if you can do quirky casual you know, match three game. Yeah. Just because you can do guns doesn't mean you can do this quirky casual thing. No. So I think showing the breadth of your skills is even more important to an indie studio. Yeah. Like look at the games that Clay does. Yeah. And how different all of them are. Yeah. I actually have to have a fairly wide breadth of stylistic choices that I can do because like, oh, well, this is, you know, this is a beat em up game. This is a, a stealthy game. And mm-hmm. this is a quirky, more fun game. Like, it's just like, they're very quite different. They're very different. Yeah. So sound aesthetically, we need to cover all of that. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear this, mm-hmm. but a lot of times you're going to have to cut a new reel for yeah. a specific job. I had four different reels. I yeah. think I had a composition reel. Mm-hmm. I had a sound design reel. Mm-hmm. I had a game audio reel. And yeah. These weren't all public. Yeah, yeah. I had a game yeah. audio reel. And I had a commercial linear reel. Mm-hmm. And so I, they, I just cut it myself on like Movie Maker. Mm-hmm. You, know? you touched on a good point too. Um, I think that Bear's bringing up mm-hmm. again. They're not all publicly available. No. Just because you have all these reels doesn't mean that you're like pushing them out on your website and pushing them out on the front page of of things no it's making an unlisted youtube video and they're and you're going to keep them and give those links to people that want those specific like oh right okay you're looking for just a composer all right i'm going to give you my unlisted composer reel yeah you know so there's totally those are totally valid ways you can break those down too you know like yeah like i had commercial sound design reel you know Mm -hmm. or uh, like if you're a composer you could be like here's some stuff that i did that is lighthearted here's here's my casual well. games composition reel yeah here is my military sci-fi reel yeah you know like yeah break them down yeah yeah make people confident that you can do what they need you to do like right off the bat i'm just gonna go with he's simply steve on twitter because i don't want to wreck steven's last name <laughs> <laughs> and i'm too far to pass my phone to gord follow it simply steve. <laughs> you usually when i can't pronounce it i go gord here you you say it this time <laughs> It's behind the scenes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Simply Steve said, working on sound before visual, question mark. Would time be better spent recording source, question mark? Hard to hit what you can't see. Uh, Matt does it all the time. I do it all the time. Yeah. Um, I, yes, recording source. Uh, if, if you're doing a big sort of semi-linear thing and there's no picture to, to work from and you have to work from picture... Yeah, do what you can first. And the first thing you can do is record source. You know that, oh, okay, it's going to be whatever, alien, sci-fi, jungle world. All right, I'm going to go record some jungle sounds. And mm-hmm. there's a mech. All right, I'm going to go record a bunch of clanking and metal sounds. And sure, mm-hmm. like you generally, I break this rule all the time. It goes back to there's a million ways to do things and none mm-hmm. of them are right. Yeah. Uh, generally, you want to record all your source before you start really designing so that you just have it all. Yeah, I've never done that once. I always am recording as I'm designing and stuff. So that's the idea is you have all the source and then you yeah. build all the stuff from it. But that's, like Miguel Nunez, who did our last talk, yep. who's a, not a game person, but he's a like a TV mixer in Vancouver, yep. one of the bigger ones. And he they do it. Yep. They somehow make time. Yeah. 
to go out and that on have, super short turnarounds. They have quick turnarounds or the TV shows. Very quick turnarounds. And there is, he gets the scripts first. And then they do a like sort of pre-production pass of, yeah. all right, what do we need to go record? Yeah. So record that's, stuff. Uh, that's ideal. That is the that is kind of the correct way to do it. Before yes. you have visuals, go and record what you can from the descriptions of mm-hmm. everything. I've worked on like Don't Starve when we were doing... Uh, or Invisible. Early access, and you, yeah, when you were helping me on in, working well, on Invisible, Invisible completely changed eras, right? Oh yeah, it went from seventies to it, uh, or sixties, fifties, sixties aesthetic to like future with the sixties feel, yeah, or bent to it, yeah, yeah. It, so basically, if he went and recorded a bunch of like old school synth stuff, actually, I did record a bunch of yeah, stuff that too. I threw out, yeah, right. <laughs> so so it can it can bite you. <laughs> um, so with doing early access stuff where we're like, don't start, where we were putting out stuff every two weeks. Yeah. I couldn't wait until I had visual. Mm-hmm. I had the closest I had visuals was like quick sketches. Yeah. Okay. We think this is kind of what the creature is going to look like. It's not animated yet, but we've got a sketch. All right. I've looked at a sketch. I'm going to go start making sounds. Yeah. And you just, yeah, you just do it. And it uh, goes back to what you were saying before. Future proofing yourself, you find ways to break stuff up. Yeah. So that like, OK, I think this is what's going to happen. I can probably guess that half second sounds for this action will work no matter what. Yeah. And then I'll make another half, half second sound for this other action. Mm-hmm. And then those could get butted right up close together if need be or not. And you just sort of the longer you're on a game that works like that, I think the more confidence you will have in working that way. Yeah. And the more. More times it's sort of like something comes through the pipe and you've made it without seeing it. Mm-hmm. And then it works or it doesn't work and you know what you had to change. You yeah. do some iterations of that and you will get more confident in working without those visual aids. Yeah, The first times you do it, it's scary. Because yeah. you just think none of this is going to work. There's also a chance where if you get something that's a little bit wrong, yeah, then you have the chance of it becoming iconic. Yeah, Because I'm convinced that iconic is a little wrong, yeah. But it's been so driven home yeah. that it is accepted and becomes right. So, iconic is like a jazz musician hitting the wrong note over five and times over in a row, over again. And so that's what makes the wrong the note song is now right. Now. Own it. Own the mistakes and just hit so. Them hard. So when you are just like designing off of like an idea, yeah, and it's not completely nailed down. Then you have it like there's a chance you're not it's not going to be exactly how you would have done it if you knew exactly how the animation worked. Yeah. And it might be more interesting. Yeah. Uh, potentially, if you're working on a good team, mm-hmm. uh, you got you got some communication. Um, maybe you can make some sounds and then the animation can change because of that. Yeah. Um, so that you're like, OK, this is, you know, all right, I've finished the sounds. You finished the animation. We've put them together in the game. There's something that just doesn't quite work, but the sound is really cool you might have a chance to be like, hey, can you just change that animation by like make it a little longer or just add this little, the dog, make him waggle his butt just a little more because then that'll sell this sound that I made that's there. If you're actually talking to those people, have the ability to talk to, say, your animators, mm-hmm. more often than not, I would say they are actually open to these changes. We yeah. are all collaborating and making a game together. Yeah, totally. Um, so if you approach them and go, hey, I, I have this idea to make it even better. Mm-hmm. If you do this little change, it'll sell my sounds even more, and it's going to be like great, funny, iconic, whatever. Yeah, 
you know? So like just we, approach the people. Yeah. We had a ton of luck with that on the the Parkitect trailers. Yeah. For some reason on the Parkitect trailers, I just had so many ideas. Yeah. And they were they were working so well. And and so like for the one so we did that trio. We got Michael Dobson to do the voiceover for. Right. They're all sort of ironic nineties theme park commercials. Yeah. With in different uh styles. And the one the big brother one was kind of about how you're being spied on by the user. Yeah. Or the, all the, uh, so it's a commercial for the little people in the game saying like, oh, we're totally not spying on you. Yeah. And by the end, we had like, I made the voice just get really garbled and super creepy. Yeah. And I, I was like, hey, Marlon, can we just distort the video too? Yeah. yeah. And it's awesome. It's right. like completely changes the whole feel of it. Yeah. Because before it was like, it was kind of goofy. And then it just, we did this weird dark turn <laughs> for this theme park game. And yeah. I love it so much. Awesome. Because it's kind of subversive. So there we go. Yes, you can totally work before visuals come down the line. Yes. You have to have a certain amount of confidence in your ability, I think, yeah. to, to pull it off. But you mm-hmm. can do it. Um, consonants and vowels. Consonants and vowels. All right. Uh, Hamish Oliver asked, is there one killer link explaining adaptive music benefits you'd send to a game dev who was ignorant of exactly what that was? Here, here's the thing. And I'm just thinking about this right now. Yeah. Because this is how the podcast usually runs. Yes. Um, I don't have a, a link to, to send to devs. I hazard a guess that what adaptive music is best for any given game is going to change so much that doing a mock-up might actually be the most effective way to sell it for a yeah. particular game. Mm-hmm. It'd just be like, hey, give me you know whatever two minutes of whatever the gameplay footage is. It's going to be gray block. It doesn't have to be like, you know, polished whatever it can yeah. be whatever stages just give me like you know a couple minutes of footage i'm gonna stub in music how i think it could be interactive yeah and then you can listen to it it's definitely one of those things i think that um i've been doing some stuff totally not adaptive music mm-hmm. um but i was doing some mixes on, on a trailer and um you know we're talking we're discussing in the studio which way way should go you know sort of like is it more sound effects focused or is it more music focused and I, I really thought it should be more music focused. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do a mix with the music turned down, the sound effects turned up, and then we can listen to them side by side. Yeah. And that's what made it evident which one was the better way to go. Yeah. We just A-B'd them. Yeah. Not just like, no, you got to trust me. I really think this. Because mm-hmm. it's it, uh, sound is very abstract. So just slapping it down there and going, here you go. Here's something to actually listen to. So it may take, you know, kind of like doing multiple trailers, you might need to do a little fake adaptive music for each game to convince each dev that this is the right thing to do for a game. Mm-hmm. So doing a little mock-up, and it doesn't have to be like super complicated. No. You know, but that, that's my tip. I don't have a link, but I think a little demo of faking it. It's yeah. not building a system. Just just kind of like this is sort of what the system it's, would do. Well, that's a good starting point, right? Yeah. It, because then, so you do it, you fake it. Yeah. And then you look at the tool and you and you say to the tool, I have to make you do that. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's it's more about just like learning the ins and outs of the tool. Yeah. Um, and there's no one way to do it right because it's going to be different for every single game. And then you've got the, to me, then you've really got the buy-in mm-hmm. from the dev. Yeah. Because they've heard this thing and they're like, yeah, I want that in my game. And they, they might not fully understand interactive music. You might not either. 
Um, and they don't have to as long <laughs> yeah. as they're happy with the results. That kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning. Yeah. All that matters is what's in the game. So if you've got the craziest interactive music system ever, that is super cool. Yeah. But as long as it's cool to the player, that's the most important thing. If it's cool to the dev, then then that's like that's even more awesome. You're like, hey, the dev likes it, the players like it, and I made a really cool system that I'm really like jazzed that I made. And one of the hugest parts of our job is getting over knowing how to like the the concept of knowing how to do something before you start. Yeah. So you have to just really get used to diving in, having no idea yeah. how it's gonna work. When I was in university in my music science and computers class, which I did horribly in, maybe I brought this up before, I'm bringing it up again. Um, We're good at that. We had we had this sound artist who, like an installation mm-hmm. audio artist named Trimpin. Um, I think he's based in Seattle. Uh, so he made, he designed the, the guitar tornado at the EMP. Cool. So he came and did a talk. And he, you know, brought this concept of this tornado of guitars yeah. to the CEO of the EMP. And he's like, so we're going to have this giant guitar sculpture, like a tree of guitars, and all they'll all play themselves <laughs> through MIDI. Yeah. So this is how far he'd thought. Yeah. He, like, he'd, he'd kind of messed around with the machinery that it would take to, like, have a guitar, a guitar pick, yeah. pluck these strings hooked up to MIDI, just, like, one string at a time. Yeah. Um, or one string per instrument. Yeah. Rather than, like, fingering entire chords. And the CEO was like, it sounds pretty cool, but am I... Am I going to have to send someone up there to tune every instrument, like yeah. every day, every week? <laughs> and Trimpin just said, they'll tune themselves. <laughs> and he had no idea how he was, how yeah. that was going to happen. Just, so, but then he had to design a system to make it happen. So he committed himself. <laughs> he committed himself to it. So you, there's a, so doing a mock-up is committing yourself yeah. to, to an end result. Yeah. And you have to, you have to, you got to get there somehow. Mm-hmm. Bendict asked super bendic uh this i think was more of a topic idea than a pertinent question yeah that's fine um i don't know how much we can really get into it uh project dev cycle planning and time management well time management i obviously have no advice on because i'm terrible at it i'm a i'm a procrastinator i can tell you everything i do wrong and you can try to not do that i do everything best when i have a deadline rushing at me yeah you give me a week, and I'm going to get it done, but I'm going to fiddle around and do stuff. Yeah. You give me an hour, and it's done 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trello. So, yeah, I'm not a great time management so, person. Uh, yeah, we're just hopping into the last part. Uh, Trello has been helping a lot. M has been managing our Trello, and it's been awesome. Mm-hmm. So you can do lists. I'd, I'd been using like all these different systems all together. Uh, like I'd been using Google Keep to actually list exact tasks that need to happen. Yeah, Trello's got a whole list function in it. Yeah, that you can use. So I've been using that. Um, I think um, I think time management and planning both sort of come down to find a tool and system that works for you. Everyone's going to be different. Yeah. Um, try don't just commit to one thing and be like this is the what the way it is because maybe you're going to do it and maybe you hate Trello. Mine changes all the time. Right. Maybe you just don't like the way Trello works. Yeah. So. Try it, try out, try out doing it on paper, doing it in Google in some way, Do, like find different ways. Post-it and, notes are my jam right yeah. now. One task per note mm-hmm. rather than like love, lists. Love crumpling up post-it notes. Yeah. I'm okay with several things on a post-it note yeah. that are sort of related. I'll do related things on a post-it note. Then I get to cross them off 
and then crumple it up. I'm just, my attention span is so bad yeah. that like I'm only using Sharpies now. Just <laughs> like a big huge thing. Sharpie post-it notes right on my monitor. Yep. And then the, you know, the ultimate goal is to like knock, is to have them all gone by the end of the day. Yeah. That everything's crazy right now. So that's not happening. Yeah. Um, sort of the beginning of it, dev cycle. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling more and more that that just, doesn't exist anymore. It it's not that it doesn't exist; that it's just so unique to a game in a studio. Yeah, that uh, there is no one way that you're going to do it, and especially if you are a freelancer, um, or if you're popping from AAA studio to AAA studio or indie studio, whatever it may be, everyone's going to have their own sort of like devs. Life. Like there is no what's beta. Yeah, what's alpha? Like just, just words, man. The, does it? <laughs> It's a even within even when I worked at EA and there was sort of like there is there's alpha and there's beta, those were just words that people at a certain date and time convinced themselves that that was a thing. Yeah, you know there was like beta means X Y and Z, and when a game would get to there, the lead producer would be like, "Yes, well we've hit that because this and this doesn't count, and we've deferred this and this doesn't quite count, and we're not going to count that, so we're beta." Mm-hmm. Well, actually, you're not. Well, yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so it's it's you know, and at another studio, beta is going to mean something else. Yeah. And if you're early access, what does that mean? I and, found that early access just stay alpha because then people are more forgiving of the bugs. Yeah. Just don't just alpha till ship. <laughs> so so I don't think I don't I feel like we're in a very open ended. What is a dev cycle? Yeah. Time these days. Take, so take whatever the perspective ship date is at the beginning of production yeah and uh add a year i think (laughs) yeah that seems to be like not unrealistic yeah um and totally forgivable that's not a gripe that's just no games take a really long time and everybody's And, and this is my problem for sure and many of my developers' problem is like we're just super optimistic and we think yep. everything's going to go awesome and, and we think we can work faster than we can. And there's the whole, um, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, mm-hmm. um, there's the whole feature creep thing yeah. where in many good cases, you add features later on that take more time to develop that do lead to a better game. Yeah. But you totally didn't know you were going to put in until you were in the thick of it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. I found this totally awesome thing that our game should do. And it's going to add three months dev cycle. Yeah. Okay. Well, that changes things. Yeah. And also, like, don't forget about the rest of life. I have a tendency to be like, okay, yeah, so there's like 24 hours in a day. <laughs> yeah. I can get tons done in 24 hours. <laughs> Times seven per week? Right. That's so many hours. Gord. Like, oh, no, you got to sleep. You forgot, you forgot to sleep. You're sleeping and eating and, like, you, talking you forgot, to people. You forgot to eat. Talking to friends and, like, spending time with Caitlin and... Yeah, stuff. <laughs> you have a wife. Yes, <laughs> calling your parents from time to time. Uh so yeah, I think that actually I think that answered that fairly well. Yeah, I think so. Um, all right, a little more a concrete answer. One, uh, Simon James asked, "Do you store your libraries on external drives, and what's your backup system?" Uh, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't have a good one. Yes, I store them on external drives. I don't have a good backup system, so don't do what I'm doing. Uh, mine Back is, your shit up. Mine is slightly better, and yeah. but still terrible. Um, so I've got. Everything on externals. Yep. And then everything that is original mm-hmm. is backed up to Dropbox. Yep. So my recording system is, and I've been this over this before, but I still think it's really good, and I will 
happily reiterate it is have, um, you know, always have a recording device in your studio. Yep. As soon as you re- record something into your DAW, uh, duplicate it. Yep. Send one of them to RX, clean it up, send it back to the session. Yep. Uh, render them both out, bounce them both out, whatever you do, print in session, export them. Whatever. Whatever. Put them into your library. And then they go straight to Dropbox, and that's before yep. you do any more work. Right. So this will be, and this is right in my creation sessions. Mm-hmm. I don't do recording sessions anymore. Yeah. This is this is right in my SFX sessions. Yeah. So and then they just like straight to Dropbox. So my entire original recordings, recordings library, <laughs> recordings is is uh, is on an external on Dropbox. Yeah. So like that's where it all is. It's just syncing all the time. Yeah. So, so yes, yes, external drives. Yes, but back, I would back, I would definitely recommend RAID. Mm-hmm. Somebody like I don't have RAID. I really should have RAID, mm-hmm. uh, and having a more robust cloud storage system. Yeah. But you should always have cloud and physical. Yeah, it's not actually backed up until it's in three places. Yeah, because companies go out of business. Like yeah. there, there is. It's a complete illusion that things are forever. Yeah, Dropbox could just go bankrupt, and yeah. we wouldn't know why. Like maybe they have no money right now, and we are just unaware of it. Yep. Um, because Gobbler ran into some problems. Yeah, Gobbler went into totally some stuff. not their fault. Uh huh. Um, but they but ran into problems. They got locked out of, and all their data was stuck. Yeah. Um. All right. So yes, yes, and yes. Do those things. Uh, yeah. Burning Worm. Uh, when sound design. When do you know something is done? When do you leave it as finished and move on? When people don't let me work on it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, when I'm locked out of SVN. <laughs> um, that's something that gets a lot easier with experience, I think. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't fill around nearly as much as I used to a lot of the time. But it usually does come down to you run out of time. This is what I was saying about like if I've got a week versus an hour. Yeah. I know in an hour, if I've got an hour to do something, I know when it's done. Yeah. And that is totally an experience thing. I don't have a good answer of like, well, mm-hmm. this is exactly how I know it. Just... Just know that that's the right thing. But it also and I'm is also like, like I don't have any time, so that's that is even more so the right thing than normal. Well, and then so then it comes down to like, how are you going to dictate when you run out of time? Yeah, is that is that when the developer demands it, or is it when you say this is all the time I'm spending on this? Mm-hmm. And I and you look at it and you're and you're like, it could be better. How much time is it going to take to make it better? And yeah, how much is that going to matter? Yeah, as well, you know. A good thing kind of can be too is how much you, better is it going to be? If you schedule yourself with a proper like time for revisions mm-hmm. and you go, "Okay, I'm going to spend an hour on this sound." It's done when I hit an hour and it's like something I can export from my DAW into the game. Yeah. And you can put it in the game and if you made sure you had time, you can be like, "Oh, I can adjust that later." Yeah. And it's not hedging your bets. Like I hate hedging your bets. I am all about commit and go forward. Yeah. When it comes to my sound design. Mm-hmm. Um that there's another question later about that <laughs> um so it's just kind of it's yeah how much time do you have what is it you just kind of the more you do it the more you know when do you like it yeah i mean a lot of the time it's just i'm just like yeah yeah that's good and then i'm done um just don't freak out so much <laughs> uh M had a question sweet uh what's your most beloved three sounds that you just keep adding to everything oh man yeah I'll say the one I know, then you go, and then I'll try to think of my other ones. Okay. But I've got a recording of a stump, like a log. 
uh-huh. that I got during my super quiet fishing trip up north by Burns Lake Yep, in October when everything was dead and it was just mm-hmm. like so, so quiet. And I went out and just, just recorded some log drops yeah. on the grass and they got such a sweet low end thump to them and nice like high end crunch and yeah. It's like just the best impacts I've ever recorded. I use them constantly. I I honestly don't think I have favorite sounds that I always turn to. Yeah. Um, I have plugins that I always turn to. Okay. Way more than any given sound. I, I can't think of sounds that end up in like every game. Right. As layers build it. Like I don't I just I don't quite have that connection. But Renaissance bass, decapitator, Pro Q two, time shift. That's yeah. four. But those like all the time. Yeah, I've got um, another. A lot of the time, it's things you record yourself. Yeah, as well. It used to be just boom medieval <laughs> everything. Yeah, but now I've got like a ton of little foley sounds that I really like. Yeah, I got a, a um, cards. I just mm-hmm. it was just I was just messing around with the. A deck of cards and a few of the like just the removal sounds yep were just came out so good cool there's something sometimes just sounds you're just like that's a good one yeah and you and you didn't do it on purpose you just yeah. like no it's a good one um yeah i i guess i find myself just always wanting to record again More? Yeah. yeah and yeah. and even if it's the same stuff i want to i want to do it again because maybe i can do it better or mm-hmm. slightly better for this purpose than that purpose. So yeah. Yeah. I just find, yeah, I, I don't, I don't find myself going back that much. And I hate, I hate that whole, like, I'm always going to use fresh new sounds recorded, but I totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got another sound of just me, the kind of smacking the cat, not like, <laughs> not abusively, but like a heavy, just, a yeah, heavy yeah, cat. Yeah. Yep. Cause it's very nondescript and muted, but it's, yep. it's just got body. I like, I like a lot of muted, nondescript sounds mm-hmm. as like a general base for things yeah those are good good yeah. filler components to stuff or also just like good play, like when you're early in developments and you're like right now we're leading up to packs and yeah we're like okay we need a general bullet impact for everything because we can't do every, mm-hmm. everything right now we'll yeah add the sweeteners later yeah i'm at, i'm doing stuff player. like okay we're showing this off all right this needs a thump Okay, I have an envisioned a whole system where all of that there's going to be a huge amount of rattling and there's lots of different surfaces. On right now, all I need is one generic thump, so yeah. everything's going to do the generic thump for now. And that's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to throw that out later, but for right now, I just need a yeah, thump. exactly. So those are handy sounds. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Mauricio, I'm sorry. Mauricio says. Uh, what do you do when you have no idea on how to create a sound you never did before? Where do you get ideas, inspiration in these cases? Just start. Yeah. Just noodle. You Break. Just start. Just just start throwing shit at the wall. I I like to break things down, and this is something I've I've I feel more confident about it in saying because mm-hmm. I've been telling a lot of people from all these real reviews. These real reviews have been great helping me figure out too, like more of what like is important and to do and stuff. Uh, Break down. What is it that's making the sound in this thing? Yeah. If you could be literal, then like as a starting point, but like, it's like, okay, so there's just, there's, it it moves. All right. It's a big arm. Yeah. And it, it moves. Okay. So there's a hinging point. So what's, 
that. There's a grinding that happens there. All right, what's things that grind? Just sort of breaking it into components and finding things that make those sort of component sounds. Not in a not necessarily in a literal sense, but just of like, okay, that's a that's a grinding thing. Okay, what grinds? Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to f- search for things that grind and then start pulling those apart. And all right, I'm going to throw that grinding sound and wildly EQ it and yeah. like wildly pitch shift it. And then EQ, like if I take that grinding sound and I pitch it down two octaves and then I put 30 dB of high end gain <laughs> on the high end, what what pops up there? Yeah. What what wasn't there before? Yeah. And then chop out all that low end. And like, yeah, oh, right, okay. Right. Now it's something totally different. Yeah. So just wildly processed stuff because <laughs> maybe what you're trying to create is sort of just conceptually too much mm-hmm. of like you're trying to make this big new thing you've never done before so it's it's like there's so much going on so with if that you if thing. you break it into little bite-sized pieces it's right. a lot more manageable. yeah you can you can yeah you yeah. can focus on it better mm-hmm. oh yeah this is uh this is related to what we were saying before okay and i alluded to in a previous statement as well. Mm-hmm. We're like going all over the place. We're doing the yeah, figure yeah, eights. It's around around sort of connected. Uh, best practice, uh, Rob, Rob from our sound design, uh, said best practice for creating assets modularly to allow for reiteration, easy adjustments, tweaks. Ba-da-na-na. We've covered it. I wanted to add to this. Great. Well, I always try to make sounds in that modular way as possible, break things down into pieces. Mm-hmm. I am the self-confessed king of audio suite, destructive edit, all my shit. Yes. So there is no way back. Right. Like most of the times when I've designed something, it's actually really hard to make a little adjustment. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of the same. I do the same thing as Matt, except before I audio suite, I duplicate it and mute the original. Yep. And just put it on a lower track. So I'm like, no, I can, I can go backwards. I don't know if I ever have. That's why I've gone to just completely my burning my bridges because yeah. I have found that I rarely, if ever, ever need to make a small adjustment in a sound. Yeah. Usually when I've made a sound, it's either cool and right or just wrong. Yes. And fundamentally needs some large changes. To yeah. It. Most of the time that's the case. Most of the time if the sound isn't or, working, yeah, it's just bad. So it's like, okay, I'm going back. I'm just throwing out half the layers I yeah. had. Maybe I'm keeping one thing or and two I things. Think, like, I don't, you know, after you've made a, several thousand different sounds, yeah, you're not obsessing as hard <laughs> over them. Yeah. And you're like, what? Oh, I'll just start over. I'll just make a new, I'll just make another one. So, whereas before it's like, no, I spent two days on that. Yeah. But if, if, if you're doing this like scorched earth, burn all your bridges way of sound designing mm-hmm. if you have made everything in small pieces you only have you to like create yeah. one thing yeah like this one bit is wrong instead of like oh this whole one minute animation that this one minute of sound that goes with an animation is wrong and i need to yeah because change I, the whole thing. I cut all the low end out of the entire thing right you're just <laughs> like oh well there was just that one thing that i need to fix okay i guess we're done you have any more done. announcements we're gonna be at pax we're gonna be at pax okay yeah. uh We've lined up an interview for PAX. Yes. Good. Which is awesome. So we're going to talk to somebody new, new and special at PAX. So that's going to be cool. Uh, we would 
um, love to talk to more people. I'd, I'd love to like stack up some interviews at PAX. So if anybody listening to this is going to be at PAX mm-hmm. uh, or knows somebody who's going to be at PAX that would be that they think would be really cool on the podcast, reach out to us. Let us know. We'll try to set up uh, another yeah. little, especially like on the first. Or we kind of is it kind of dead on the first? Or are you I'm building crazy? a booth. You're building. A booth I on the first can't one. commit to anything ever. Okay, <laughs> but. We're happy to try to figure out uh, more things. Um, we'll both be at PAX. Um, I'll be at the Clay booth. Where are you going to be at? Uh, I will be at probably mostly at Viking Squad. But yep. we're, showing, uh, we're showing Viking Squad, Night in the Woods, mm-hmm. Fossil Echo, Wander Song, and then a game from Australia, which I don't think we're announcing yet. Cool. Yeah. So you could be title. all over the place. I'll be um, everywhere. I got a fresh batch of Beards, Cats, and Any Game Audio pins. Mm. So... You want a pin? Come find one of us. Yep. We'll give you some give you a pin. Uh yeah. buy Oaklos. Buy the soundtrack. Buy the soundtrack. Um, if you do want to, you know, propose that you like you want to do an interview with us. Um, we have had people like asking to do interviews, like kind of av- advertise their company. Yeah. We don't do that. Um, because it, it just comes off as a bit shilly. Um, and I don't think it is going to communicate what you want it to communicate. Yeah. So if you want to talk to us, just be like, hey, we I'm do. Bill. Hey, I'm Wanda. Yeah. And let's talk about me because I have all this experience. Yeah. Um, um, but if yeah. you're just trying to push a product, it's not going to be a good podcast. <laughs> it's just not going to be very good. Uh, to anyone who wants to be on the podcast, uh, notes are we only do in-person interviews. Yeah. We want to sit down and have a casual conversation about what you do and what we do and how all of that is related. We want to sit in a room with people and talk. Yes. Um, so if you can get to the same place you are, yep. we are always, we're in Vancouver. We are always at PAX. We are always at GDC and we always like to do interviews with people there that we can't reach here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, what's nice about conventions and gatherings. Yeah. Uh, I'm still doing uh one-on-one coaching. Hit me up on the website. If you want to do that, it's, feeding my vinyl soundtrack cool. addiction so um i have handed out the a show in the pit audio uh test package to a few people that just wanted to do it for fun yeah i can't promise i'm going to be reviewing them uh anytime soon but if you <laughs> want an idea of what a test package may look like yeah it's a lot of work it is um i like, looked at it it's a lot of work yeah no you got to mean business yeah um and we did get some very good submissions cool uh so if yeah, if you want to look at that or try it out, um, feel free to message me on Twitter. Yeah. All right. Okay, we're done. We're done.